for you. We're in, uh, this is the last sermon that we're doing on You Asked For It. It's a series of questions that we passed out, and people had questions about different things. We couldn't get to all of them, but uh, we got uh, several uh, on this one. How to pray a prayer of faith. You know, you learn how to pray by listening to people who know how to pray. Because I didn't, you know, I wasn't, when I got saved at, at, in the fourth grade, I didn't know how to pray. And I started listening to different people pray, and it taught me how to pray. So, uh, but you know what? You, you come from a place. See, there, well, last Sunday we talked about having a spirit of faith. And uh, I know there's some Marines in here, and they haven't been in the Corps for a while, but inside they're still a Marine. This is called the spirit of the Corps. Well, there's, the Bible talks about the spirit of faith. And we need to have the spirit of faith all the time. It's just who we are. We're the people of God. I'm a child of God. Jesus is my Lord. I'm, you know, and man, I, as I'm saying this, I'm kind of, you know, getting bigger on the inside. And you need to be big on the inside. You need to be meek on the outside. And I didn't say weak. Meek is your kind, but you can handle business if you have to. Okay? And so we're, we're meek, but we're believers. And we need to be strong believers. And you, you, as a strong believer, you pray in faith. You believe God to do something and that you're his representative. You pray different when God says, I need you to pray. I, and I'm, I, we'll go through these real quick. We're going to go through one. We had so many points. I broke it up into two sermons. So let's bounce through this and let's go. Uh, we're looking at how to pray a prayer of faith. And uh, look at number one. As you look at your sheet, number one is decide what you want for. Or hope for, what do you want? What do you believe in God for? And then you need to believe God for it. Believing is different than have believed. How many of you Christians in here, I asked last Sunday, are you going to heaven? Are you sure? Do you have it? No, but you have believed. Okay, everything else, you need to learn to have believed for it. You're fighting cancer? You grab a hold of the healing scriptures. There's a hundred of them. I have believed. Oh, that's how you pull things to you. Faith's like a rope. You're pulling it to you. Okay. I got it on the hook. Anybody ever roped a bull? Anyway, we got going in that story. Number two, find the scripture of the promise that answer. God has promised us. God has promised us some things. We need to go after it. And, and, and you need to partner with God in his word and what he's promised. Come on, every one of you say things that your parents said. And I said last week, I said, I couldn't say. I, once I found out what they meant, I couldn't say what my grandpa said. Because I was following him around. I mean, he was my hero until, like, and like, I'm about 12. And I'm like, that's what that means? I can't say that anymore. Anyway. But we need to say what God says. God said, say what I say about you. Be what I say about you. And we need to be. We need to mix our faith with, with him. Number three is ask the Father in Jesus' name. I cannot do anything. I cannot stand before God by myself, but I am in Christ, and he paid the price for me. And so Jesus is the key. He is the doorway. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way. Buddha, nope. There is no other way. No other religion. 
Matter of fact, Christianity is not a religion. It's a way of life. This is how we live. And you need to learn to live as a believer and learn to live uh, strong. Number four, and I told you this was a difficult one, and I said something about it already. Believe that you receive when you pray. There comes a point that you are, when you find the Scripture, what you're believing for, and remember, we started off that God wants every man to be saved. God wants everybody to be saved, so you can stand on that. God wants everybody to be saved, so I'm going to believe for you to be saved in the name of Jesus. I don't ever have to talk to you. I don't ever have to witness to you, but God was going to send somebody to get you saved because I'm praying for you. I had grandparents praying for me. I had people praying for me, and I'm standing on people's shoulders that have prayed for me. So are you. You know, Billy Graham said that the first that, that the person who leads somebody to Jesus thinks they did it all. And the first person to witness to them and they walked away and didn't receive thinks they did nothing. But they planted a seed. And people praying over you and over this service, over us today, it, it, it changes the atmosphere. If you notice, the atmosphere is pretty, was pretty wonderful during worship. And so uh, let us establish that Jesus has done things for us already. He's already shed his blood. He already sacrificed himself at Calvary. We don't have to ask him to do it again. All we have to do is believe that he did, believe in him, and receive it. Receive it. That's the hard part because, you know, he's paid for healing, but, man, my back's jacked up, and I'm hurting. So I got to come to a place that I got to recognize if I'm hurting, I need to find a scripture and say, you know what, this back's hurting, but... You know what? Matthew 8, 17 says, Jesus himself bore my sickness and my infirmity. So I, I'm speaking this back. Uh-oh, speaking to your back. Don't look at me like that. You spoke to your car. You better crank. Crank car. I've seen people get out and kick their tire because it was flat. Like that car, really, it really hurt the car, you know. There's nothing wrong with saying what God said about you. I'm the healed, I'm the whole, I'm a child of God, I'm an overcomer, I'm more than a conqueror. You see, I've been saved, for, I was just figuring it up during worship there, the, the Holy Spirit was talking to me, You've been almost 50 years, 48, 49 years, that's a long time. He didn't know I was that old, but I'm old. So here's the thing, what have you been doing that whole time? I just got saved, and now I'm saved, and I, I don't have anything else to do. I have stuff to do. I have kids, I have grandkids, I, I have a church, but you know what? I've had jobs where I believed the money I made supplied for the insurance, for this one, that co we had company vehicles. I wasn't even the owner, I wasn't even the boss. But I took responsibility. Lord bless this company because I'm working here. I need this job. You ever think about it like that? God sent me to jobs before to get people saved. Every boss I've ever had, I've witnessed to, talked to him about the deeper things of God. I wasn't a pastor. Okay, y'all getting quiet on me. Number five, bind Satan over your request and loose the angels that cause your desire to come to pass. If you read the Bible, angels show up. Peter was wanting to get out of prison. And an angel come and got him out of prison. Shackles fell off of him, doors open. 
And people were praying for him that God help him. And then when the angel came, they didn't want to believe it. And that's the way we are. But I want to, I want to, uh, let's start right here. If you don't get anything else today, I want you to get the spiritual truth. Are you ready? Put up the Genesis 1 and verse 28. And verse 26, God said, let us make man, male and female, man, male and female. We got male and females in here. You are in the category of a man. And he said, let them have dominion over the earth, fish of the sea, fowl of the air. Who has dominion? Man. And then in verse 28, let's go back. This is 28. I was quoting 26. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. You know what that means? Have kids. Are we still having kids today? A bunch of them just left out of here. That law is still in effect. I know I'm kind of being a little funny there, but listen to me. If that law is still in effect, why is not the next one? Subdue it. Fill the earth and subdue the earth and have dominion over it. We're supposed to have dominion over the earth. I don't have any dominion over you. But I have dominion over the earth. I got dominion over my house. I got dominion over my, my family. I'm talking spiritual dominion. I'm also talking physical dominion. I got a shotgun in the corner just like you do. Huh? Just in case somebody wants to be used by the devil. I'm here to be used by God. But there are people out there going to be used by the devil. And you know what? I can pray and pray. But you know what? They may not change their mind. We have to subdue things physically. We have to subdue things spiritually. When's the last time you subdued anything spiritually? Huh? We forgot that. Now, hold it. In chapter 3 of Genesis, chapter, Genesis 1, 2, and 3 tells a whole lot of stuff that we can still live by. And we're supposed to have dominion. Guess what? In Genesis chapter 3, Satan came and took it. But Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus took it back. And matter of fact, Satan couldn't stop Jesus operating just as a man because Satan didn't have a body. That's a, that's a, that's a, a secret law too. As long as you're alive on the earth, my daddy's in heaven. My daddy cannot impact my children or his great-grandchildren anymore. But while he was on the earth, he would call my kids. He would, they would do Bible studies, and they, we would impart to them. He would love them. But now he's in heaven. He cannot impart to them. Doesn't mean he doesn't have an impact or I'm not going to see him again. But while I'm in the earth and while you're in the earth, you have an effect. And you're called to represent God and take dominion. Instead of griping about the government, take dominion. How do you do that? Jesus said, all power on heaven and earth is given, heaven and earth is given unto me. And guess what? In Ephesians 3, he gave it back to us. Ephesians 1, he gave it back to us. I give it to the church. And we hadn't been doing anything with it. Our swords are dusty. Our shields are dusty. We don't wear the helmet of salvation anymore. Angels are out there drinking all the coffee right now because we don't ever pray the promises of God and loose them. I wish somebody pray. I'm ready to do something for them. Well, God can do anything, but God set you in the earth and gave you dominion, and he's wanting to partner with you. 
Now, I said something that's kind of a little crazy, and, and, you know, I talked about the man who saw this land, and he had a vision for it, and he made it beautiful, and a guy come up and said, you know, uh, man, God sure has blessed you with a, good, a great place. And he said, well, you ought to seen it when the Lord had it by itself. And I know that's a little cocky, but I was trying to make a point. So, this, uh, so listen to this. Who built the ark? Noah. Wasn't Moses. I heard y'all. No. Noah built the ark. Did God build the ark? No, God gave him the plan. But Noah had to do it. He's God's partner in the earth. You're God's partner in the earth. He will give you a plan. But I, I, I want to do this. Well, have you asked him what he wants you to do? Because his ways are better. And it might be that. But wait a minute. He'll open the doors how you get into that law school or doctoral school or teaching or whatever, or business. He will put business people in your path. You know, I don't like them. Don't matter if you don't like them. You can learn from them. They people been in my life I didn't like, but I learned from them how not to do things or how to do things, even though they were rude and crude. Ungodly people can show you the wrong way and the right way because successful people, whether they're Christians or not, are using godly principles. That's the truth. They're godly principles that will work, and the Bible is applicable. So if I always use that door over there. That's a small door, but that door, is the, narrow is the way to salvation. But once you go through that door, boom, it's wide open. And that's why we need to learn to pray a prayer of faith. And that's why we need to learn to, to, to come on, God, help me. I want to partner with you. I want to partner with you. What do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? How do you want me to help people? How do you want me to be a better man? How do you want me to be a better husband? How do you want me to be a better uh, person? How do I raise my kids? And so as we're looking at this, God gave us dominion, but God gave us a choice. And how many of you know God will let you do what you want to do? So before we're setting up this morning, and there was a one-year-old come in, and and he's been in here with all the kids in the service. You see him running around. He come up. He's one years old, just walking. And he's, you know how they are. They like to drunk. And, and he's walking and stuff. And he climbs up right here. And he gets up and he tries to get up and he flips right off the edge. That's a pretty good drop for a one-year-old. Mama was running and trying to get to him. It was too late. He'd already fell. But she'd let him loose. And that's all right. I mean, you know that, that you, sometimes you know how to let your kids grow a little bit. He hit the ground, and, you know, he didn't scream cry. He just stood up, lost a shoe, and like, what happened? <laughs> huh? And nothing, you know, that, there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm, what I'm saying is, is sometimes we want to blame the devil. Sometimes we make choices. Sometimes it's the devil. Learn to distinguish, you know, I messed up. Or maybe I, 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 I wasn't in agreement with God on that. I need to repent. I need to turn around. Repent means change my mind. I'm going to change my mind. Don't be so proud that you don't change your mind. So let's get into number six. So if there is hot, then there's cold. And I want to warn everybody, that water's pretty hot right there this morning. It's, it, it was kind of cold last time. When I left the heaters in there, it's hot. But if there's hot, there's cold. If there's faith, then there's doubt. So number six, guard your mind against doubt. In all of your praying and everything and serving God, you know where the battle's at? Right here. This is the biggest battle. This right here in your mind, 
Well, I don't think God. Somebody told me they said that. Somebody told them that they were mad at God. I'm like, they don't know God. They're blaming God. They're blaming God for their situation in life when they've never even partnered with God. So we got to partner with God, and we got to guard our mind and guard our, our thoughts against doubt because that's what the enemy wants to do is bring doubt. In James 1, 6, it says, well, let him ask in faith. And the whole book of James is about faith and doubt and, and getting your mind. Into, and James talks about a prayer of faith. And I really want to almost dove into that, but, you know, you give me too long to preach, and it just goes on and on. But James talks about uh, Elijah who was a man just like us, who had passions and desires and weakness. Dude got depressed. Dude got suicidal at one point. But he was a great prophet of God. And, and, and he was up and down. But God partnered with him. God said, I want you to pray that it don't rain. And he prayed that it would not rain. And it did not rain for three years. See, God backed his prayer. He prayed a prayer of faith. How powerful is that to control weather? But as long as God's partnering with it, but it has to be spoken. That's what prayer is. Every word you say is a prayer. Will I be? Don't say that. That means to be totally, completely destroyed. Is that your prayer? No. And quit saying it. What you say is a prayer, and so we need to, to recognize that we need to guard our, our mind, and, and, and just like James is talking here, we, we had a series on worry, anxiety, and fear that go hand in hand with doubt. It comes to rob your doubt, or rob, rob your faith. And so James 1, 6, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, and he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind, and let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. For he is double-minded, he's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. You can't say, I don't think it's going to work. It, uh, Miss Becky plants, plants a garden every year. And if you put corn in the ground and, and one day and you go out and the next day and you, well, it ain't coming up. That must be a bad seed. I'm going to dig it up and let's put another one in the ground and cover it up. You come the next day. Oh, it's not coming up. Must be a bad seed. You pull it up and you put it in the ground and you cover it up. Will it ever come up by doing it that way? Takes time. But we're in the fast food lane. We want God to answer our prayer right now. It ain't working, God. That's doubt. It's not working. Do you know for you to, the, the, the Bible says, given shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Anybody heard that? What's the rest of it say? Men shall give unto your bosom. If you're believing for a raise, God's going to got to work through men. And sometimes they may not like you. But I've gotten raised from men who didn't know me and didn't like me. Because I'm serving God. Serve God. Okay? you got to hang on. I'm trusting you, God. And guess what? If they don't bless you, God's going to move you. Huh? Because we have to learn to trust God. Okay, if this is not it, God's going to take me to a better place. Oh, it's hard to change jobs. Ooh. But it's always for the better, huh? Every job you have is a step. Every position you have is a step to the next best step. When it comes to things like that, God wants to bless you. 
Don't get caught up, oh, I lost my job. You're not, no, that's not you. You're a child of God. So let's go through. I have a list here, A, B, C, D, E, and F. And that's why I added these. Let's, let's look. A, Satan uses doubt to steal the believer's blessing. This is why number two on the list up there is so important. Find the scripture and the promise you need because you're standing and partnering with God. Can, can the devil beat God? No. God sneezed and blew the devil back to the earth, you know, flicked his little finger. The devil cannot hang with God. He, wanted to, to, he, want, he was jealous and, and, and talked a third of the angels away from God. That, guess what? He's going to talk to you. And so he uses doubt to steal what's important. B, where does that doubt sit in our mind? Cast down mental pictures of defeat. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. It never works for me. It don't work for me. It don't work for me. It don't work for me. I, I, that, I, when I first really got into the Word of God, I, it works for preachers, but it won't work for me. Here I am now. I are one. But you know what? I stood on the Word. I have to stand on the Word. Just because I'm a preacher don't mean I'm special. As I'm your coach. Come on. We're going to believe God. But I have to believe God for myself. I have to use faith for myself. I have to trust God for myself. And I have to stay full up and filled up so I can help you trust God or help you trust God. And so we got we to gotta learn to, to uh, cast down mental pictures of defeat. Where, where do you find that? In 2 Corinthians 10 and 3 through 5. So we, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against the flesh. What's that? Y'all know what that is, man. Sixth, seventh grade, we used to have fist fights. That's new, you know, it's kind of going away with nowadays. They don't let kid boys do things like that. But I had a fist fight with my best friend twice, and he's still my best friend. Still my best friend. You know, that's what, that's flesh. Now, ladies have a, she stole my barbie in the second grade, and I still hate her guts. That was 35 years ago. But anyway, anyway, that's flesh. Okay, I'm just giving you examples. And so, we do not war against the flesh. You've got to learn to mature and grow up and not get in the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or fleshly, not a gun, not a knife, not a sword, uh, but mighty in God to pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments or every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Arguments. The argument's in here. You don't go to the History Channel and get your doctrine. They don't, they, the carnal mind cannot explain the Word of God. Oh, it wasn't the Red Sea. The, Moses didn't part the Red Sea. It was the Reed Sea. It was only this deep. And a wind blew and parted the water. No, they figured it out. It was 90 feet deep at the, 100 feet deep. They found the, where the wheels and the, on the wagons and the, and the chariots were at in the Red Sea. But the History Channel wants to explain it away because, come on, somebody said GQ came out with the top 10 books not to read, and the Bible's in one of them. GQ, uh, what kind of magazine is that? A men's clothing magazine, like they know. And they, they, you're not, you can't go to the world and get, they're carnal, they're fleshly. You don't figure out the Bible with your mind, you fig, it's revealed to you by the Spirit. This is a spiritual book. 
and, 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 and it's alive. It's a living book. Well, it's old. It's antiquated. No, it's not. Every story in it, you're dealing with stuff just like it. All the Old Testament stories are physical fights, but they're spiritual battles too that we take. And we'll, we're going to dive into that next week. But anyway, we have got to learn to cast down the arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. God gave you an imagination. You can use it for good or you can use it for evil. Oh, look at there. There's a, there's a Reese's candy bar right there. I know that belongs to her, but I'm hungry. And my, I'm imagining taking in that candy bar and eating it. And I like Reese's. Mm, yeah. See how your imagination will do? But you, you, you got to learn to control your imagination. You can, can stop. Wait a minute. That's not right. That is not right. But that's the way a two-year-old thinks. But we're not two-year-olds, are we? I always like, you know, being immature, I'm going to bring two-year-olds up here and say, you can have one M&M and there's a bowl full. You know they're going to walk out with a mouth and handfuls. That's flesh. That's the greatest example of flesh. But we are spiritual beings and we're mature. We're maturing. The Bible says move to perfection, but we're, that means to mature. And we have to mature in the things of God where we can control our flesh. And we're not going to steal. And we're not going to eat too much candy. Okay, I'm sorry. I stepped on somebody's toe. He just about passed out. And so, imagination is a good thing, but it needs to be godly. And God will give you an imagination. Just like I said, the man had this problem. He saw it. It was tore up. And he had, in his imagination, he could say, boy, this could be a beautiful piece of property. Even when God gave uh, Noah the plan for the ark, he had to see it in his mind. This is a boat. Do you all know it took him 120 years? Do you not tell me there was no doubt coming in that man's mind? 120, I've been driving these nails and these boards for 50 years. And rain, you know people came up and said, it ain't, there's no water around here. What is rain anyway? It never rained. 120 years, you know doubt attacked him. But God kept telling him, build it, build it, build it build it. We got to use our imagination. God will speak things to you, and you're like, how in the world could I do that? You use your imagination. Sometimes God will send you to, like I said, to a job. I thought I was there to make a living for me and my kids and my wife, and I was doing a, a, a Spanish Bible study, and this lady received Jesus, and she was the, the worst boss there at the, at the time. That was her husband, and she received Jesus. Changed her life, his life, and I'm driving home. Thank you, Lord. She got saved. And he goes, that's why I sent you there. And I'm like, what? I had no clue I was sent there to get somebody saved. I was sent there. To, I got to make a living. You know, we got to eat. So anyway, use your imagination. See, meditate constantly on the promise that you have based your request upon. When you're believing for somebody to get saved, they may get, get the devil may make them look even uglier. They may get drunk three or four nights in a row now. They may do something stupid, something stupid, and you're like, it's not working. It's working. That's why they're acting that way. The devil don't want to let them go. You ever thought about that, that we have an enemy? Jesus said the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come to give life and that more abundantly. That's why we got to bind the devil, and we got to get in agreement with God who wants to give life, and we need to speak life. 
I, I told the story about the guy who, who, who was sitting there, and his son come in, staggering. He's 18, and he was drunk. And he looked at him, and you know how you want to say something. Your imagination can run wild because when he just knock you up, boy, Ben's doing something. Oh, I used to tell my kids, leaving out the door, don't do anything stupid. Wasn't allowed to say that when they were little because they would call me stupid and then it would be on. But be careful where you're doing, where you're going, what you're doing. But he said he looked at him and he looked at God. He looked at him and he looked up. He looked at him. And the third time he said, Lord, that's your boy. You got to do something. And that was the last time he got drunk. But he did it in front of him. And the boy was ashamed to see the Spirit of God started convicting him that he did wrong. So we've got to meditate constantly the promise that you base your request on. In Proverbs 4.20, it says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes, but keep them in the midst of your heart. Come on. Not this. Not that heart. It's talking about your spirit. The best part about you is your spirit. And keep it in your spirit and feed upon it and, and take a stand on it. I'm not going to be moved. I'm believing he's going to get saved. He's already. He just don't even know it. Angels are, lead, are working on him. The Holy Spirit's working on him. He's going to hear it on the radio. He's going to hear it on TV. Uh, somebody that you used to get drunk with is going to come to him and is going to lead him to Jesus. See, see, see the words of my mouth. It's looking bad. I could go, oh, it's looking bad. I don't think he's ever going to get saved. He's just no down, sorry, low goods, good for nothing. Is that in agreement with God? No. Let's get back and get in agreement with God. You're going to he's going to change. He's going to change. He may, he may not receive from me, so I'm not going to talk to him. But I'm going to speak life to him. I'm going to pray over him. If it's my kid, I'm going to go lay hands on their pillow. I'm going to pray over that bedroom. I'm going to pray over their shoes they put on every morning, the clothes they wear. Come on. And so, so we got we to gotta develop uh, uh, and meditate the word in our heart. Keep our, and it says, look at verse 22. The Word of God, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. The Word of God, the Word of God will change you. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life and put away uh, from you a deceitful mouth and perverse lips far from you. Him, me saying that he's no good, he's no good, he's not going to get saved, that's perverse lips. We got to change. And Jack, Jack came to me and said, tell everybody to quit saying nobody wants to work. We need people who want to work, and we got to declare it. And Withville, people want to work. And with county, people want to work. We ought to be a hub. We ought to have so many jobs. Look at where the interstates come together. It's great for our truckers to get on and off. We ought to have more jobs here than anywhere, more housing. So call housing in here. Call jobs here. I've been calling jobs here ever since I've been here. We ought to have jobs. That brings people. Well, we don't want a bunch of people. Well, people need Jesus. Well, people need jobs, too. Okay. E, here's our imagination. Develop that mental picture of success. I'll put it in here again because we got we to gotta live and breathe success. Well, I ain't never had nothing. We ain't never had anything and never, never got ahead. If, if we're a day late and a dollar short. If somebody's going to get sick, it's going to be us. It's going around. We're going to get it. That's the wrong, that's not success. That's not the word of God. Jesus didn't go around and said, you're sick, you're sick, you're sick. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't make anybody sick. 
You cannot find any scripture where Jesus made somebody sick. I'm going to make you sick, teach you something. No, he didn't. You'll find several scriptures said he went about healing everybody that came to him. Acts 10, 38, how Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. God's with you. God's with you. Get in agreement with God. Start with simple things. Start with a headache. Start praying. Start praying. Uh, yeah, and, and go as long as you can, then take an aspirin. You feel that tinge of it. You can tell when a headache's coming on if you're experienced in them. Start speaking. Nope, nope, nope. Head. And then ask, the, what did I do? To, what did I get? What, what did I eat to get this, huh? What have I not eaten? You know, if you don't eat, you can get a headache. This is, y'all looking at me like, I think you've lost your mind. Jesus went to Peter's mother, and he didn't speak to his mother. He said, he rebuked the fever. What? He rebuked the fever, and the fever left her. And you know how you, after you get, you ever sweated out a fever, you're like, whew, I'm exhausted. She jumped up and said, what do y'all want to eat? So come on. And so we're talking about the things of Jesus. This thing, what I'm talking about has to grow in you. You just don't instantly walk in there. You're not, you're not Michael Jordan because you picked up a basketball. You can develop into that. A two-year-old can be Michael Jordan if he has the ability. You've got to have God-given ability. But everything that I'm talking about is God-given to every believer. But you have to develop your faith. Well, I don't have that much faith, Pastor. The mustard seed faith. Smallest seed, smallest faith can move a mountain. Learn how to use it. Learn how to pray in faith and get in agreement. What we're talking about is being in agreement with God. And so, so as we're talking about meditating, we're talking about developing and mental pictures and all that because this is, this is the battleground. And then, and then let's look at F. Remember, your thoughts are governed by observation, association, and teaching. You can be taught wrong. One plus one is three. If you're taught that in, the, in kindergarten, you've been taught wrong. Right? So, look, look, observation. You can't always go by what you see. Well, I know Aunt, Aunt, Aunt Sudie Jane, she loved God. And God didn't heal her, but the Word of God says, when did she release her faith? When did she just get tired and give up? The Bible says, be not weary and well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. A lot of people just get tired and say, whew, I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to go home with Jesus. Especially you've been in the hospital a couple of weeks. You're like, heaven's way better than this. People give up. I can give you story after story where people gave up or people held on. And they had no, what were they holding on? Their, their kids were saying, hold on. You can, re, you, 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 the power of your spirit, if you learn how to develop the power of your spirit, is where you get healings, where you get peace, where you get joy. It comes from here, not out here. Did y'all see the news? Oh, my goodness. It'll steal your joy. It'll steal your peace. You know what they're doing in the schools? Oh, observation, association, what's being, what, what, how you're being taught, what, 
man, my grandparents prayed for me, loved me, but they weren't taught the Scripture very well either. I'm like, man, after I got in, I'm like, ooh, that was not, not the Bible. But they were taught what they were taught. Anybody ever been beat up in church? That's not right either. Pastors didn't beat you up. You need to live right. He's trying to get you in the altar. How about letting the Holy Spirit get somebody in the altar? That's the Holy Spirit's job, not my job. My job is get you to hear the Holy Spirit and, and answer the, what the Holy Spirit, and, and the Holy Spirit's kind. Oh, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm going to the altar. He doesn't bend me over and beat you up. And, and, and anybody ever been taught that, that God will punish you for sin? If you got saved, he's already been, the punishment's already been paid for is Jesus. Why should you be paying for something Jesus has already paid for? Wow. He'll put your sin as far as the east is from the west. You say, Father, cleanse me. Forgive me. But again, you can be that one-year-old and make a wrong decision and fall off. That's not God punishing you. That you made a wrong decision. But people say, you must have done something. He must have did something. Yeah, he climbed up here. Nothing wrong with it. He just didn't have his balance. If he'd had his balance, he'd have been walking around up here. We have got to get our thinking right and know that God is for us. And God, God is wanting to help us in this life. And not only just that, that we can stand on our feet, but that we can pull people up with us. Come on, Jesus took us out of the muck and the mire, out of sin, and he wants you to pull other people out of it. He wants you to be that example. People are watching you, how you respond, how you act, when pressures of life come. How are you going to respond? You know, the old saying is, you squeeze toothpaste, toothpaste comes out. When you get squeezed, does Jesus come out? Right here? Or does like, I can't believe this happened. That old cartoon cussing, you know? Y'all remember that? Okay, before your time. Mark, Mark 4. In 24, he was saying to them, take care of what you listen to. By your standard of measure, it will be measured to you, and more will be given you besides. What in the world does that mean? If you hear negativity, you're going to walk in negativity. More is going to be given to you. If you say, mm, I'm going to walk away. I'm getting over here where, where the believers are at over here, and I'm going, to, I'm going to let them pour into me and pray for me and build me up. And so I'm going to get more of that. Who you hang out with. What's the old saying too? Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. In Mark 5, 40, and they ridiculed him, but listen, but he had put them outside. This is when the little girl died. And they were all mourning, and Jesus said, get them all out of here. She's not dead, she's sleeping. And they started, yeah, 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 flooding, you know, yelling at him with negative words. He said, get them out. And he entered where the child was at. So, so along with this is Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. We have got to hear the word of God and hear the word of God and hear the word of God. What scripture are you meditating on this week? Okay. Number seven. We're going to finish this thing. We've got to baptize some people in just a little bit. Always thank God for the answer for what he's done in your life. Be thankful. Are you a thankful person or are you a griper and complainer? Be thankful. 
We did, a, we did a series. Be anxious for nothing but everything in prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. See, there's a difference between praying and begging and praying and birthing. Man, sometimes God will come on you. The old timers called it that they were, that they were birthing things in from the kingdom of God into people's lives. Instead of griping about him, I'm going to pray for him until, ooh, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that his salvation has been paid for and that his eyes are open that he'll receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. See how I'm praying? I'm praying from a place of thanksgiving, and I know that my God's going to move in their life. God loves them. Let the love of God be revealed to them. So we always got to be birthing people in the kingdom, but we got to do it from a place of thanksgiving. The Bible says enter into his courts with thanksgiving. It's a whole lot better to be a person of thank. You know what? People be drawn to you when you become thankful. Oh, here they come. You're in Walmart, and they're running from you in the buggy. It's because you're negative. They don't want to talk to you. They won't talk about how bad the dog's sick. And they don't look at these can of beans. They, they 29 cents. They 24 last week. And they just gripe, look for something to gripe about. Well, we need rain, but I can't. I don't want my hair to get wet, you know. I can do that too anyway. Number eight, align your words and actions with God. This is the key. Align your words and actions with God. As a believer, we need to act like God, say what God said. And align up with him. But the world wants to pull you away. Everything I'm talking about seems like you're talking the same thing. Because this is where it's the battle's here and the battle's here. And we have got to line up ourselves with what God said and do what God said. Well, I have an opinion. Your opinion don't count. Because people say, Pastor, what do you think? What I think don't matter. What does the Bible say? What does the Word say? And you can have an opinion, but I want to remind you, when the 12 spies went in to, to spy out the promised land, that God had promised them to take them to the promised land, and the promised land not, does not represent heaven, it represents salvation. Because they had to do some battles. Guess what? Just because you saved don't mean you're not going to have to do some battles. But the 12 spies, they're, they're, they're poised, everybody's poised to go into the promised land. God has promised us this land. They sent out the 12 spies. Two of them come out, Joshua and Caleb. Woo, we are well able to take the land. The other 10 said, man, there are giants and we are grasshoppers in their, in their eyes. How do they know what those boys are thinking? Their opinion was, we can't do it. God wanted them to go. Their opinion kept them from the promised land. Their imagination kept them from the promised land. How important is imagination? How important? What you believe, what you think, how important is it? We need to recognize that they had to live 40 more years in the desert because of their opinion. Your opinion has to line up with the Word of God. In James 3.10, the last scripture said, out of the mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not be so. We got to live by faith. We, can't, we cannot get into the negative side of life. We got to stay with what God said. If, if you're getting baptized today, I want to go ahead and release you uh, to go get ready. 
And while they're getting ready, I want to talk to everybody else just for a second. Maybe you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Today's the day of salvation. Matter of fact, every day is the day that you can give your heart to Jesus. And I want to ask you, will you give your heart to Jesus today? Some of you are here to see your kids get baptized. Some of you are here for the first time, haven't been here, but I want you to think about this. So I want you to close your eyes just for a second. There's a lot of movement going on. But I want you, why are you closing the eyes? Because I want you to look at your heart. Look at your heart. Do you know Jesus? Is he Lord of your life? Have you confessed him? Do you believe that he's the son of God? Do you believe he lived a sinless life? Do you believe that he did miracles? Do you believe he died on a cross for your sins? Do you believe in him? If you want to believe in that Jesus is the son of God, if you want to accept him as Lord and Savior, will you lift your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor Brett, and you've never done that before? Will you lift your hand? Maybe you're here and you say, you know, I, I, I haven't been living for God. I need to give him my life. I feel like I'm the prodigal son. And he'll take you back. He's been waiting on you. Will you lift your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor? I see your hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? I tell you, let's all pray this prayer together. Say this with me. Say, Father, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died for my sins. I accept him today. I receive him today as my Lord and Savior. Take me back, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at me, if, if, you, if you didn't raise your hand, that's okay, but there'll be some people over here after we baptize some folks. If you want any books or anything like that, uh, there'll be people on the wall that'll pray with you. Uh, we want to pray with you. Write down on a card but that you got saved. We'll pray for you even during the week. Uh, just want to tell you we love you, but I do want to challenge you. Come on, use your imagination for God. See yourself as an overcomer. See yourself binding the enemy. Satan has, Satan can't stop you. He cannot stop you. Matter of fact, when we all get to heaven and they, they bring the devil out before us, you know what we're going to say? That, that stopped the world. That caused sickness. That caused wars. That is nothing. That taught me out of serving God for most of my life. That, that's what we're going to say. The Bible says that. And we all get to kick him in the lake of fire too, huh? We're going to be right behind Jesus. So, listen, I want to thank you all for coming today and being a part. We're going to have a great time. Uh, we're going to transition now. Uh, Jeff's going to come, and we're going to make ready to baptize some people. Amen? Amen? All right, well, Pastor Brett already said at this time we're going to transition to the baptism portion of the service. So if you're involved on the stage for this, please come on up and get in your spots. Um, everyone else, let's turn our attention to the screens. We have a video we, we want to show you first.
What exactly is baptism? Well, first let's talk about what baptism is not. Baptism isn't the same thing as being born again. It's not a way to get to heaven and it doesn't make God love you any more than he already does. Baptism is simply a way to let everyone know that you've been born again and you've chosen to follow Jesus. It's pretty simple too. You'll get in some water and a pastor will say a few things. Then they'll dip you under and bring you right back up. That's all there is to it. Now you might be thinking, I would love to tell everyone that I follow Jesus, but why do I go underwater? Wouldn't it be easier to tell people with like a megaphone or a giant tattoo on my face? Well, the water is really just a symbol of what happens when we're born again. Going under the water represents our old life being washed away. Coming up out of the water shows that we are starting a new life with Jesus. We do it this way because it's the way Jesus did it. The Bible tells us in Matthew 3.13 how Jesus himself was baptized just like this when he was here on the earth. And since we want to follow Jesus in everything we do, being baptized is an important step to take after we make Jesus our Lord. Think of it like a jersey. When someone is on a sports team, they wear a jersey so that everyone can see which team they're on. When we're born again, we become a part of God's team. But we shouldn't just stop there. Being baptized is like putting on the jersey so everyone can see that we love Jesus and we've chosen to follow him. So if you've been born again and you haven't been baptized yet, what are you waiting for? It's time to put on your jersey and show everyone whose team you're on. What exactly is baptism? Well, we're really excited. You can see we have a big group back here getting baptized. If you, if you thought this morning, well, I wasn't planning to get baptized, but I still want to be baptized, there's still time for that. So if you're interested in that, if you'll make your way to the back table in the corner, um, they'll talk with you, pray with you, and give you what you need to get in line with these awesome people here. Uh, so please don't feel like you missed out. You still have time to do that if you want to. Um, so let's get started. Um, I'm going to call each person's name. They're going to step up and be, and be baptized. Let's celebrate. Let's cheer. This is a joyous occasion. Uh, these are people showing us that they've made a commitment to live for God. So let's get going. First, we have Bryn Fisher. Next, we have Abby Sheets. Next, we have Kellen Hanks.
Next, we have Sophia Martin. Next, we have Ryan Marshall. Next, we have Alexis Taylor. Next, we have Carly Hoback. Next, we have John Hoback. Next, we have Jeffrey Deal. Next, we have Denise Deal. Next, we have Sophia Akers.
Next we have Judy Williams.